Hello everyone, my name is Fabrice and this is the Fabrice Guerrier Show. This is the first episode of season three and I want to explore today saving the future from nihilism. I think the biggest threat that we have on the planet right now or in people that I see is nihilism, um, which I would define as the devoid of meaning. Let's, I want to look at what does nihilism actually looks like. So it's the rejection of all religious and moral principles and the belief that life is meaningless. I think this form of meaninglessness is something I've seen a lot in people. Um, actually, a lot more. I have seen that across my life in the last four, five, six years. And I've increasingly seen this force creep into the inner minds of people. Um, I do want to say that there are healthy forms of nihilism, and we'll talk about this towards the end of the episode. But um, what I see is that nihilism has manifested in many different faces, and I think it's causing a lot of the problems um, that we currently see um, in the world. Um, and a lot of the problems that people face personally uh, the demons that people face uh, individually as a community or collectively. I think nihilism is a force that needs to be dealt with and you have to root out that thing. So this is how we're going to do this uh, specific episode. I'm going to give a, a broad overview of what nihilism is and how I see nihilism manifest. And then I'm gonna also going to explore like what nihilism is not, like what is not nihilism. And then there's different big concept ideas that I feel like I've, I've really thought through that I think can help you really start to engage that force and transform yourself. Because I think in terms of the future and, and how we see the future and what the future is and the, the stake, the high stakes that we are living in as a planet, I think we have to create more hopeful people we have to create more passionate people. We have to create more more in ourselves to be able to act and and become something more than we've ever thought. Um, and I think engaging ourselves in this deeper level is going to allow for us to take control of this future that we are seeing unfold right before our eyes right now. Um, whether you look at the pandemic that we're reeling from, the Ukrainian war, the uh, all the different media that is really happening at this moment. You saw the January 6th um, uh, with the House of Representatives. They were talking about what happened and really trying to understand why this even was born. I think for me, some of the big ideas that I want to explore in this episode are first... Um, is nihilism as an interdimensional monster. I love using storytelling as a way to engage ideas and meaning and provide something new for people. So that's gonna be the first idea we'll explore. The second idea is is indecision. I think this is where nihilism thrive and we'll explore that a little bit. I also want to also explore spontaneity and play and what does play and spontaneity looks like um, in our lives and, and how does that tackle um, nihilism? I think the, and the next thing is transforming nihilism into stoicism. I think that you can be a stoic nihilist and I think I want to talk to you more about that and how you can really bring that those sort of complexities inside of yourself so you can live and thrive in that reality. And the last but not least, is create, create, create. And what does it mean as a creator, as an individual that can really bring and bring birth into the world, ideas, processes, meaning. So these are the main ideas that I'll be exploring. So yeah, without further ado, let's dive right in. So I think I, I see nihilism is the biggest threat on the planet. Because when you have no meaning and you have no purpose and you have no hope, you are thrusted against life. Um, you're just an inanimate object and you are in, in essentially in, you're imprisoned. 
you're imprisoned by by the world that functions in different parts and movements and that imprisonment doesn't prevent you to do anything so i think for me i define nihilism as this sort of this this extreme um sense of meaninglessness that breeds inside of us and, and renders us immobile um so the way that i see my uh, nihilism manifest today is it gives us a sense of hopelessness like we believe that nothing's going to change in the world that our lives not going to get better um that we have no way of actually getting out and making the level of change that we want to be able to achieve i think the second way that nihilism is it manifests itself is through our mental health um and mental health i know that's a word that's been thrown around a lot especially during the pandemic when people are realizing that their psychology is something that their education and their schooling or schooling in our education in our society never really talks about our emotional intelligence and how do we take care of our minds because our mind is the most important engine that drives change and and when that mind is in the rudders I think nihilism is nihilism causes that I would say this lack of meaning is is what breathes life in a in a mind that is dealing with a lot of the mental health uh processes. I think the next thing is the distrust in politics. Um I think for me I've definitely seen that in terms of like I used to live in DC and I was right smack in the middle of the capital of of politics in the entire nation. and being able to witness political processes or even government structures i grew more and more and more and more having a distrust in politics um and and it wasn't really until i tackled that and i think while explore this in a later episode of hannah rant in terms of the role of politics and what politics can be in ways that we feel empowered we have agency and we know that as individuals like we can go out and and achieve some form of change so and the next one is lack of imagination i think when we lack imagination to see a different way of life a different way of being i think nihilism is what prevents us from imagining different possibilities um i love this quote it says it's like you you cannot perceive what you're not the vibration of and i think essentially imagination is sort of the portal towards um accessing um newness and new meaning i think uh toxic forms of individualism as well is 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 a way that nihilism shows up in in the world that we are like this is who i am this is me like and i don't want to it's 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 almost like this individualism is not necessarily productive in terms of the whole and this this individualism is sort of the the ego staging itself as an identity and it's preventing you from really being open and being an open system and i think being an open system is the antithesis of nihilism which i'll explore a little bit more uh, over and i think a lot of it is the void as well this pattern of those patterns of of getting into the same pattern and a certain pattern that is more extractive in your life it's not a pattern that brings knowledge it's not a pattern that brings joy it's not a pattern that brings excitement it's not a pattern that is able to allow you to break free from your old self so i think nihilism is a real issue because a lot of people are dealing with so much in our world today and i think that when we engage this force in us and it's not like i just want to say it's not your fault um and because when you have a society that is literally collapsing that is decaying old structures that were defined and built for white straight males from a, a specific colonial period i think when you start to see the finer points of like the racial history or even 
the colonization or even the enlightenment era of seeing the world in a level of materialism like all of that is being challenged at this point like we are at a point of massive revolution and this is why i've really been so adamant to explore the future because we are at a point where the, the internet and media and technology is flooding our inner world in such a way that the 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 neural patterns or even the conceptual apparatus of how we perceive the world no longer works. So when something doesn't work and when something's broken and when something is yearning to evolve, it nihilism is what happens and, and nihilism becomes the norm. And there's this sort of sense of void that people feel and they feel like my life is not where I want my life to be. My life is not the person that I want my life to be like, they don't feel they are motivated. They are, they have purpose inside of them that they're able to take control. It's almost as if it's like a lack of control and you just sort of surrender to what's happening. So I think nihilism is a real, like it's a real thing and, and it's affecting our planet right now. And it's, and it's my, I would, I would argue it is the most single powerful force that is preventing us from birthing the future that we want. A future that is filled with love, a future that is filled with care, a future that is filled with complexity and emergence, a future that is dealing directly with healing ourselves from the trauma of a society that is decaying and collapsing. So I love this quote by Muriel, Muriel Recruiser. She says, the world is not made of atoms, but made of stories. And I feel like that is so fundamental because we often, we often look at the world in a very like materialist scientific point of view where it, it really just kind of stripped or it strips the magic away, it strips the life away. I think there is a level of mystery. There is a level of, of, of understanding that needs to be reached at when we accumulate like stories and meaning. So I've, I've designed a few ideas that I feel for me in my life that's like really helped me that can help you really tackle this force or anyone can apply these ideas. Um, and I think those ideas for me are steps and they're, uh, they're processes. They take time. Um, and, and I wanted to discuss today what those main ideas are. First, I want to say what nihilism is not. Um, because I know I've spent the last 10 minutes defining what nihilism is and how it's manifesting in our lives. And it's not allowing us to move. It's like we just feel stuck. We're frozen. We're like in just in one reality. It's almost as if it's a radio channel and we're stuck in like 99.9. .9. Um, and I think that is sort of this nihilistic, dogmatic way of thinking where we're just sort of stuck in one belief system. And that belief system is like a straitjacket that is choking the life out of us. And that's the world right now currently. And we're fighting it. And we see that today, um, crises such as climate change or even the gun violence, like we, the conversation and narrative around that hasn't changed. And most don't know what to do about it. And we know that change needs to happen, but a lot of people lack the imagination to how do we affect that level of change? I feel, personally, I think it comes personally. So I think if we can tackle that nihilism inside of us, I think um, we can begin to move forward as a people. Um, so I think what nihilism is not, I think rage and anger is not nihilism. That's not nihilism <laughs> because I think when you're angry and you have rage inside of you, I feel like that is something that is, that has an incredible me meaning. So like the opposite of nihilism, I think is meaning. So like the more meaning one has, the less, less nihilistic one can be because I think I think any meaning is better than no meaning but not every meaning is going to be good in terms of like like creating a meaningful society or or 
what Martin Luther King said, like chaos a community, where do we go? His last book before he was assassinated. So I feel like when you have rage and when you have anger, I think this is just a sort of a form of, of a degree that you can use that can allow like change to manifest. But the power in that is that you have to realize that your weaknesses or your strength turned up too loudly. I'll repeat this again. Your weaknesses or your strengths turned up too loudly. And I think I've internalized this so much because it shows me like it's like this energy that might push me in a certain direction uh, as an individual can be used to create. It can be used to affect. It can be used to really move my consciousness into the physical world so things can happen and things can change. I also think trauma is not nihilism. I think though trauma can lead to nihilism and can allow when it's not there can fester. Um, and I do feel like trauma is like the def the, the, et the etymology of trauma means wound w o u n d, which is like you when you're scarred and you're wounded. So I feel like that. I personally feel like a lot of those like trauma is an opportunity for growth. Um, Rumi says like the womb is where the light enters. Um, so I do feel like our traumas, at least for me in my life as a black immigrant, engaging my traumas has allowed me really to um, to grow, to learn. And, and I do know that you need a safe space to be able to explore that. And not everyone's going to get that safe space. Uh, safe spaces don't even exist anymore, I would say, maybe in family. But even that, maybe in nature, um, but not everyone's going to have the luxury to be able to engage trauma in a way that is is conducive. But I do want to say that trauma can freeze us into a reality and render us sort of frozen in a specific um, vibrational, mental, psychological frequency and I will say that is nihilism. So um, nihilism, I would say, is more of the manifestation of more profound um, problems or opportunities that lie inside of us. And those problems that manifest are those things that kind of keep us stuck in one place. Um, one last thing is I, I want to say is nihilism cannot exist in the heart. I always say that the heart is where the seat of the soul it's like the first organ born in humanity. And I think once you start to root your life and you start to root everything that you do based on your heart, based on love, based on what that pulsing thing in your chest is telling you, those emotional centers, I do feel that that is one of the greatest forces that can eradicate sort of nihilism because emotions are just sort of like this cosmic river that flows inside of us and can wash away so much of the the darkness the void the hopelessness the distrust the lack of imagination the 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 the, the, the this sort of toxic individualism that we see so much um in the west so i i want to say like nihilism cannot exist in the heart Rage and anger is not nihilism, and trauma is not nihilism. So based on those different concepts, I feel like you can start to see that you're not stuck in a rut. And, and, and being able to think through a lot of these things can, can really, like, can, is possible. So I the first so the, I so again I love using storytelling as a way of a vehicle to get the point across. So I want to say that nihilism is an interdimensional monster, um, and I know you're probably like chuckling, you're laughing, but like, but first I want to one of the main reasons that I want to say this is because it's not your fault because I think we tend to blame ourselves for a lot of why we're kind of stuck in the rut, why we're not moving, why we're not shaking out, why we're not dancing, why we're not feeling that deep joy inside of us. Um, it is not your fault. And I, I define nihilism as this sort of interdimensional monster. Think of it 
Like it's just a dark shadow that is overpowering and is covering our society and our minds. And it's like hijacking our consciousness. Um, and it's, and you can sort of define this as an, this monster exists and is an amalgamation of the media that we consume or social structures or society. This sort of state of sort of dissonance that is residing so much, um, right now. It's, it's, it, it, there's a state of dissonance that is rising right now in our society. So this massive monster is, goes in and like, captures or your mind it captures it blinds you it 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 goes inside of you and makes you think that you're it i and i think the main thing i want to say here is that it is not your fault like i repeat it is not your fault i think what you or i as an individual have realized is that those those this interdimensional monster as you can call this um, breeds like attack thoughts. It breeds this sort of negative self-thought, these loops that we get in in our minds. Like we just get in loops over and over, loops, oh, I'm not good enough. Or I can't do this. Or this person hates me. Or society is is this. Like it, when we start to sort of blame ourselves and reduce our, our, our individualness into something that is void something that is very nihilist so i think nihilism is something that you can name in your life and you have to start to see that because it is not good for a community nor is it good for our society nor is it good for yourself because i think the human being is like a a a star we are suns that are bright and shining we we are able to really like express ourselves in so many different ways, but it's this interdimensional monster, as you want to, as I'm defining it right now, is seeks to extinguish so much of what we are and so much of what we can be, so much of our potential. So I want to say again, it is not your fault. And I think this idea of going inside ourselves and really understanding this inner world that has been inhabited and by a, by a society that is kind of toxic, like it's bringing sort of toxic ooze inside of us. Uh, think of like a, a nuclear power plant that is like melting down and has like leaked to toxic chemicals in the river. And you see dead fishes are flowing. The water's green. There's algae. It smells. So I think it's sort of the same thing that's been happening to us. Um, and... I think that a lot of what we have to do to combat this monster is going to, is like, you're going to feel a lot more pain. Um, it is not like, um, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing you wake up and you just decide that, okay, I'm going to vanquish this interdimensional monster, this nihilistic monster that is at best very irrational. And it's just designed to keep a structure in place and keep you like a, an automaton. It's like it's like reducing you to just a single grain of dust and extinguishing this light that you have inside of yourself. So I think nihilism is an interdimensional monster. is really is it's just really a metaphor for you to to externalize a lot of the things that you're experiencing, a lot of the things that you're seeing as something that can be vanquished and something that can be overpowered. Like there is a great Sisyphean struggle that you have to rise and you have to be able to vanquish. So I want to say it is a battle and I'm using the, 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 I am using the language of war and I'm using the language of, of, of violence and I'm using the language of, of this cosmic battle. Um, and I do, or I do believe that nihilism is to that degree that we have to start to see it. Oh, okay. So I, the next one I want to say that I've seen nihilism rise for me in my life is that is indecision is where nihilism thrives. Um, I think indecision 
is when you're unable to make a decision at all, not able to um, have the clear mind to say, this is the reality that I want to live in. This is the action that I want to do. So I, I do feel like indecision happens when when nihilism is something that like seeks to exist in your life. So I think the best remedy to indecision is just to make a decision. Just make the decision. It doesn't matter the consequences. It doesn't matter um, what's going to happen. It doesn't matter um, if it's like if it's the right or wrong decision. I think any decision is better than indecision. I, I will stand by that. I truly will. I would truly will because I do know for me, like, for example, um, like I remember like in DC and right smack in the middle of the pandemic, I would wake up every day and every night I was working this odd job. And um, really, I was like, well, why am I doing all the things that I do? I need to do something like radically different so I can like claim myself more. Um, and I felt like I was at a, I was like, it was like a two, three months state of indecision. Like, because I was indecisive around the next steps that I wanted to take in my life, a lot of it, like just everything just sort of froze. Nothing wanted to manifest, nothing wanted to arise, nothing was happening. And I think when you're indecisive about making that, when I was indecisive about making that choice, I think I, it was just sort of a space for old ideas that I conquered to rise. It was, there was more doubt, there was more fear. Um, I wasn't at my best, but if I had make a decision and, and just move into the timeline, just move into that timeline that you need. Cause it's like, in the way that I sort of see the world, I do see the world in a sort of multiple dimensions. Every action that we take, we're thrusted into a reality. It's sort of the multiverse. As a sci-fi writer, I love the multiverse theory because I see it in my life. So when you're not making a decision, you're not making a choice, you're almost at the fork road of multiple dimensions. And once you are at the fork road of multiple dimensions and you're not moving, that's where nihilism, this sort of interdimensional monster takes hold, grabs you and like keeps you there. So I want to say that next time you have a decision to make, don't spend too much time deciding what to do. What you just got to do is you got to make that one little step forward. Just take that little step, that little action. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be great. It, you don't have to know what's going to happen. I think you just got to move forward and let that energy move flow. It's almost as if it's like there are rivers that moves through us and through actions or thoughts or imagination or emotions. Like we have to be able to take that those things forward and and be able to um, thrive. I think being as a human being to be able to thrive is to make choices and to make decision. I think being in the third dimension right now as people, like a, a choice, a physical action of a physical choice is the most incredible and powerful thing that you can do. Like right this moment, you make a choice. You choose to be this person. You choose to be the vision of yourself. You choose to go to the store. You choose to go to the gym. You choose to wake up every day over and over and over and over and over again. I think the current world as it's decaying doesn't teach us how to make choices and decisions. I think we would, I think our, our current society, our current model of a society would rather us living and it's a perpetual state of indecision. Because when you're not making choices, when you're not taking action, when you're not moving in this sort of soul power that humanity is, that's when oppression happens. That's when things such as um, like systemic problems uh, or, or just the current capitalistic way that like sees us as a tool sees us as like parts and and we're just supposed to be useful so like extinguished extinguished people that are not making decisions that are muted that are shut closed and that are crushed every day 
what a better way to be able to define society. I feel like that is pretty much what's happening. So like learning how to make a decision is going to take time. You first, you make a choice and you make that decision and you move towards it. Then you will have, after making a lot of decision and being in a continual state of change and not being stuck in like thinking and overthinking and overthinking. I think once you do that, you will be able to have the luxury to now contemplate the idea of making a great decision. Because I think one of the things that I've really I strive to do in my life is how can I make two to three great decision and choices in a day. Um, but that I think those those things don't come in naturally. I think it comes in from the process of just moving, flowing, going. So you can't be in a state of, of motionless because if you're in a state of motionless, that's where nihilism breathes. And the future does not is not created in the space of indecision. The next one is spontaneity and play. I think that that is I feel like the most um, that's the most unknown to me, I would say, because I think growing up in an immigrant family, being from Haiti, um, studying international relations, <laughs> going, working in the government, I think a lot of this idea of like play and spontaneity is not something that comes natural to a whole lot of people. Uh, and I think I'm still unlearning what that means. So I'm going to give an attempt based on sort of reflection when preparing this podcast episode uh, on what play and spontaneity look like and why that is a remedy against nihilism and why play and spontaneity is so fundamental to shaping the future that we want for our lives in the world, in our community, in the planet. Um, I think when you look at play, this idea of play, I would say, is this sort of, it's this sort of genuine excitement. It's a spark. It's a, a spark of the soul, I would say. It's more like, it's like jazz. It's a musical process in your life that you're not necessarily taking yourself too seriously. You're not taking life too seriously. And I think the biggest thing is that you have to welcome spontaneity and play, spontaneity, and you have to welcome spontaneity and play in your life despite the horrors <laughs> that we face, the horrors around us in terms of what we see in the media and what we feel in ourselves and what we see in our day to day. Um, I think play and spontaneity is where things start to dislodge. So you start to see a pattern in everything I'm saying. It's almost as if it's like I'm trying to define a language, a divine language around change, um, a language around how do we transform ourselves and how do we engage ourselves more profoundly? And I think play is at that sense. It's like it's it's a sense of curiosity. It's a sense of of wonder. It's a sense of awe. It's a sense that there is a level of newness that is able to rise and happen in us while we do these things. Um, so I do feel like spontaneity in play is like really important. Um, yes, I can hear people saying like, okay, what about people that live in horrible neighborhoods where police brutality is rampant? What about people living in refugee camps or people who've been, who've, who've experienced protracted conflict and war and trauma over and over and over and over and over again? I do feel that those realities are very much valid but i think play and curiosity is is really anchoring a state of being that is not massive it's just at the small day-to-day -day moment a small laughter um a small shift in our patterns a small shift in our in our um way of thinking but i would i would generalize and and really define play and spontaneity spontaneity as like not taking ourselves too seriously i think we take ourselves way too seriously <laughs> like way 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 too seriously i think we we see ourselves as humans and we don't realize that like we don't profoundly realize that we are going to pass away like we're gonna die one day all of us 
And I know people say that in a very cliche way, but like once you, I think there is a fear of our own mortality that prevents us from playing. Um, it's almost as if it's like, we don't know that our life is so minuscule, but our life is so grand and our life is also not, it's almost, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it's almost as if it's like, in our in in our limited time here, it's because we are so connected to so many things that I feel like we take ourselves so like we take ourselves so seriously, and I feel like a lot of this seriousness comes in from the precedent of our society. Um, it comes from what we've been taught in our schooling. It comes from like our our mental patterns around what risk taking is, and what um like what the consequences around certain actions in a fear-based model of reality i think play and spontaneity is a remedy towards nihilism because nihilism thrives in a two-dimensional reality when you're looking at good and bad small and big black and white you're not necessarily seeing the edges you're not seeing the gray you're not seeing this sort of algamation of meaning and all the definitions that are so possible for you to rise and become who you need to be uh, in your life. Again, these these things do not like you cannot wake up in the morning and you decide that you're going to be more playful and more spontaneous. I think first you got to make a choice and you have to understand that choice. I think that's the first thing. Really profoundly understand why you're making that choice and why you're choosing to become that person. So I think um, a lot of it is has to do with that. Because I think once you start to understand that we have a choice and, and we have limited choices on the planet and that what rises is our sense of humor and not taking this world too seriously. Because there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of suffering. And I think for me, laughter and play and spontaneity as it has rose in my life has allowed me to really defuse, unfuse a lot of, of like this sort of nihilism that keeps rising and keeps battling at me. How do we transform nihilism into a, a stoicism? So, and I think, I think I've spent the entire time talking about why nihilism is bad for the future, but I want to claim that, I will claim that it can be conquered. This sort of interdimensional monster that I spoke of, it can be conquered. And it is a journey of, of expansion and integration. And But what does it look like? Like, how does it manifest? How, do, how can you use this nihilism as a way of transforming? Because I know I've spent the last 30 minutes talking about why nihilism is like the worst possible thing that can be bred in the mind and the soul of our own lives. But I do feel like once you conquer it, it can be a tool. Um, I think rising above nihilism and even transcending this force allows you to see that the, this, this process of self-transformation is accumulating as much belief system, as much definitions as possible. So you have a wealth of experience and knowledge and ways of thinking and feeling and being that you can use to not only help yourself, but also help the world and the people around you. So I do, the way that I always describe it, I always describe like once you sort of conquered this, those nihilistic tendencies of living a very nihilistic world, um, it, I look at it as a sword. I weaponize it. I, I understand that there is a void and meaninglessness is a, re, a reality. Um, so I focus that as intensely as possible as sort of a weapon that I can use. And, and as I engage sort of the day-to-day -day of life, I'm able to sort of deconstruct that reality like instantaneously, like the very moment. I think there's power in being able to deconstruct things um, and being able to um, sort of erase and reconstruct things, reconfigure things. So I think, I think nihilism, a stoic nihilism, I would say 
is a healthy place to be. That's a healthy form of nihilism because you're not only using this to sort of improve yourself, but you're using this to navigate so much of these ideas that are so extractive, like this sort of interdimensional monster. I think that is that is the the way of battling this. So it's like, first you have to sever the connection and this sort of, this intense, like this intense form of control and fear-based reality that defines so much of our world. And once you sever that connection and you've conquered it, I think you can use it against it. And you can start to, to see that any new ideas, any situation, any experiences or emotions and things that you engage in your life that you seemingly feel stuck, you can use that force, that sort of void, that, that nihilism as a weaponized force to deconstruct other things that seeks to oppress you and seeks to keep you down. Um, so I, I, I always describe that as a sword. I really do. I always see it as a weapon. But I, again, these things are not, this is not something that you can do overnight. This is not something that you can do tomorrow. I think this is something that you can work towards to over the next year um, and really thinking through um, so much. Uh, and, and I think that the last thing I'll say in terms of the big idea is create, create, create. I think creating is the most single powerful force that is the antithesis of, of nihilism because it is imbued in meaning, it is imbued in action, it is imbued in a form of change that change is, you are becoming that change itself. You're not stuck in one place. You are putting your consciousness, you're putting your vision, you're putting your words, you're putting your actions, you're putting your heart, you're driving the emotions from your heart to move into the reality. You're engaging the world. So I feel like creating, 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 creating is the most, like, I think that's the most, that, that is, that, that trumps everything. I think if you can move yourself to create art, whether it's painting, whether it's, it's sculpting, whether it's photography, whether it's journaling, whether it's filmmaking, whether it's acting, whether it's music, whether it's writing a paper, whether it's, it's, any form of creation that you feel that you can do, I feel like that that is the right direction because that is, that is the single most important way that you're going to be able to create the future and you're going to vanquish this interdimensional force that is keeping us down. Um, so I do want to say that creating and, and being sort of an artist is not an identity that comes naturally for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people don't necessarily see themselves as this because they, they almost as if it's like a permission slip. You almost have to get permission to become this. I'm, I want to tell you today that I want to give you permission to go out this week and create something, something you've never done before. Um, I, I, I implore you to do that. And I, and I think you have to see yourself as creative, as an artist, as someone that is a creator because the world desperately needs new meaning structures. I think we so much engage our history and our past and we're so like dogmatic about that history and our past that we're not seeing that a lot of, of what this renaissance that we can be can exist and does exist in the future. I think creating and creation is the nexus of like it's almost as if it's like the seeds of the future it's the is the is the lyrical sounds of the future it's the aroma of the future so as you create things you're propelling yourself to not only reflect you're not only synthesizing transmuting moving like your world inside and i think that is the single most important thing that you can do as a human being right now, today, in this very moment, whether you're creating a business, whether you're creating a connection and community, where you're creating spaces for people, where you're creating food. I think like at any stages in your life, 
I think if you start to create and you create a body of work around what you're creating, because I think that's the second stage, because the first stage is just creating. But once you start to create and you create a, a body of work, you create a history of your creations. Like for me as a writer, like I started writing um, very when I was like really, really young, like in Haiti, I started writing a lot. And I think when I moved to the U.S. and didn't speak the language, a lot of it was that I needed to survive. I needed to create new meaning. And I didn't know that I needed to create new meaning because I was sort of suffocating. Um, so like being in a library, for example, and being able to read more books, like I sort of dove into those worlds. And I think I was creating new meaning in that sense. So I think creating doesn't necessarily have to be a physical thing, but it's an engagement with the world. And this engagement is that you're pulling a part of yourself and you're birthing it into the world. And like any birthing process is going to be hella painful um, and it's going to be uncomfortable. And you have to build that habit. And I think that creating is like some of the most powerful force that can elevate someone to to vanquish this nihilistic force. But creating with intention is what matters. And when you create with intention, you're creating a body of work. So let's say you write a poem every week and you're intentionally designing your life around creating and reflecting through poetry. Something as simple as this, I guarantee you will radically transform your life in the way that you perceive the world and your own self because the power is that you're now in creating a body of work you're able to like go back like open your notebook read and reflect on the different state of experience that you have been able to do so that's why i love like being able to consume music or film or art or reading books and novels i think those things are like, those were creators and artists and thinkers and philosophers. Those were individuals that were seeking their own freedom. And I'm able to learn from their freedom. I'm able to, to engage those creations because I'm able to see the reflections, the emotions and what they were going through. Because by consuming that creation, I'm almost like, I'm, I'm almost becoming that change that they were seeking. So I think it's so incredible because you never know your creation, who it will help. I think that's the biggest thing too. Um, so yeah, I think uh, to just sort of go back on some of the main ideas around how do we save the future from nihilism and what can you do as an individual to do it? Because the world is not made out of atoms, it's made of stories. You have to find the right stories. You have to find the right meaning structures. Um, first, we discuss what nihilism is not, um, and and it's a whole lot of not a different things. But I do feel like nihilism does rise a lot in this sense of hopelessness, this sort of toxic individualism of being right and dogmatism, this distrust in politics, the lack of imagination, and this sort of destruction of meaning and creativity, um, and being able to like move into a void and and patterns that are extractive we're literally stuck and frozen in an ice age um i'll be exploring on a later episode the little book that i wrote called breaking free from mass produced consciousness which kind of gives a different angle around those processes but some of the main ideas we explored was nihilism as an interdimensional monster i think i think you have to be able to externalize and name it see that it's not your fault it's never your fault because we blame ourselves for all these emotions that we feel in our neck, like the things that we're not able to do. I think the second thing is because of those things, we're, we become indecisive. And, and, in this, and in indecision, it's like indecision is like the fuel of the flames for nihilism. Just make a freaking choice. Make a choice. Doesn't matter the consequences. As long as you're moving forward in time and in space, those things is what's going to allow you to move uh, that change forward spontaneity and play this sort of spark of excitement in you is something that you really have to fight for because a lot of people take themselves way too seriously and when we take ourselves way too seriously we start to judge other people we start to sort of live in this uh, this theater of life and the roles that we've been assigned 
And I think when we're not, we're not able, when we go against those things, spontaneity in play can can give rise to so many different things. I I will explore in a different episode too. I think the best thing as well is what I wish that everyone can reach the state of is being able to to transform this nihilism into stoicism, a nihilistic stoicism that brings the way I describe it is like a weapon, a sword that I'm able to use as a tool because I've conquered that idea. It doesn't have a, a domination over me. Yes, those ideas can rise and attack and overcome me at any point in my life. But, but by the fact that I've conquered it, then I know how to best deal with it when it's going to happen because it's always going to happen. Nazem is always going to rise. It's always going to be a force that's going to seek to extinguish the light in you. Um, so the last thing is creating. I think that's the most important thing. Creating is like that is the, like that is the trump card. Like if you can start to create it, and and even better create with intention and reflect on that creation of in, of intention and in the body of work you're creating, I think fundamentally that will save the future from nihilism. Because we need more people that have more hope. We need people that are more kind. We need people that have healed themselves. We need, the world needs more people that is able to bring that light of the heart, of the mind, of the body that's aligned in such a way that change can happen because we desperately need it. We are at, we are at a time of mass revolutions on, the, on, the, on across scales. Technology, environmental, political, um, creative, cultural, historical, I've economic. I think in these times of, of revolutions, when there's so much intersecting forces, like it's gonna be even more tough. It's gonna be it's gonna be extremely painful, and suffering is gonna rise, and it is rising. So it is more crucial more important, more than ever, that you battle this force of nihilism and me and you and in the entire world. Because right now, this is what is, that, that is what the world needs. Is we need people that are more hopeful. Again, thank you for tuning in and, and make sure to support me on Patreon because I'll be doing more of these talks and really thinking through a lot of these big ideas, exploring literature, exploring philosophy, exploring a lot of these different ideas that I think can help us better understand the future and create the future and really demystify what we can learn from the future.